Okay. Usually I like when my guests come on here, I'll ask them some like stupid question, like dumb shit. But now I, I just want to get right into it. <laughs> so get into it. <laughs> um, so being like, it's, it's been 15 years out. Obviously it's not the same feeling. Is it kind of more now of just a, um, kind of like a, oh yeah, fun fact that, you know, I was, you know, I took my team to state. Not, I don't mean it like that, but you get what I'm saying. Um, I think it's different for me because I coach. So mm-hmm. every year you get a little like reminder of what we did. Um, I wouldn't say that the excitement is as high, um, but you start to appreciate it a little bit more. Okay. Um, especially on the coaching side and you realize how really hard it was what we did. Um, I'll never forget. And you, you'll, you'll really like this. Um, when I was like, before I started this, I was doing test runs and I was using Smitty. Like he would just come in and we would like try to see how the flow was going, get the audio right. And the first one we did was right after the elite eight game against half this year. Mm-hmm. And he walked through that door and it was like the, yeah, it was the day after. And he knew, like, he knew what I, I, I he knew that I knew what he was going to, he was talking about. And he was like, it ain't easy. All right. The old Jimmy Young, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Young slang, it ain't um, easy. So, now, let's go back to, like, when you lost in districts. Well, first off, you probably remember this. I, I did some research. You guys lost, like, your Freshman and sophomore year, you lost in the first round, right? Do you remember? Um, my freshman year, you can wait. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Close to 20 years ago. <laughs> freshman year, um, we were 13. No, we were 12 and 11. No, 11 and 10, because back mm-hmm. then you only played 20 games. Now you play 22. And we lost to Bethel, who we had beaten the regular season. And then sophomore year, we were 14 and 7. Um, you know, I was the point guard on that team, and that's the year I tore my ACL. Oh, okay. Um, and I tore it at Bethel, and, you know, I don't know how far we could have gotten. It would have been nice to see, and, you know, no matter who gets hurt in the starting lineup, uh, it adds a different dynamic right mm-hmm. away. So losing a point guard, I think, is is a little bit tougher because they run your offense, you know, if – as a coach, if somebody told me, you know, either your power forward has to foul out or your point guard, you know, obviously depending on your personnel, if you have Kevin Garnett, you don't want your power forward to yeah. foul out. But um, you probably want to keep your point guard just because of the cohesiveness of their ability to run the offense. Um, so me getting hurt through a wrench and what we were going to be able to accomplish that year, we actually tied um, for a league for conference champions. Um so we were playing pretty well. And I think we lost to Marymont. I think it was Marymont my sophomore year. I didn't play in the game. Um, but we would have been on a collision course with O.J. Mayo and the boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how far we could have got would have been depending on when we would have ran them. I think we would have ran into them in districts. So that would have been – that would have probably been the end season regardless <laughs> um but yeah uh, we lost the first round to Marymount I believe you're correct okay and in 06 what were like you you knew like you were getting better 
and you know you Ike and Corey were all juniors so you had two years left and then you had pretty good um senior class that year didn't you yeah um I believe the senior class I know that John Carraway who moved from move over from Western Brown played for us which helped a lot because he was a point guard as well and I was coming back from that ACL injury Mm -hmm. um so for somebody else to be able to handle the ball uh a majority of the game really helped then we had Brad Myers and Dan Oliver who were our heavy minute guys. And then we had Ian Scott that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we had four seniors. I think that was the – I think that was who we had. But, um, you know, guys that played hard and played well and did a lot of different things for us. So you probably knew you were going to be good that year. Did you have any, like, specific expectations of what you guys wanted to do? Um, win district. It was always win district. Mm-hmm. I mean, every year. Uh and because Georgetown never done it. I mean, Brian Grant never did it. Brandon Grant never did it. Ryan Seashultz never did it. Jarrett Young never did it. Uh, there was a lot of expectation of that's what we wanted to do. A um, uh, little side note, I saw your dad Friday at uh, Kirsten's wedding. Yeah. And I was sitting next to Ben, and I, like, tapped him on the knee. I was like, hey, look at this. And he walked by. And he walked over to Brandon and Brian got a picture. And I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, like 30 years later. Um, so uh, when you went to districts, you guys were up like a lot. We were up the whole game. Okay. Uh, to Houston, who coincidentally beat Brian mm-hmm. his senior year, 1990, when uh, dad was coaching. And uh, we felt good that game. We were up the whole game. Uh, never felt like we were going to get beat. I mean, you also have to remember we were 22-1 and one in that game. Mm-hmm. We lost, the, I think, the first game of the season to Western Brown. It was either first game or second game. That's when the uh, Holiday Classic was the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think we were – I think we lost the first game and then won 22 straight games. So, I mean, you're feeling as good as anybody in the state. And a guy by the name – I've never seen that film to this day. And I, I don't know why I never watched that as a player. I think it was just too heartbreaking because you work so hard to get to that spot. And then you think you just, you know, if that was your only shot. I mean, yeah, me, Corey, and Isaiah were coming back, um, who has, you know, got a lot of wins between the three of us. But it's not guaranteed to get back there. It's, it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. to win in the tournament. And a guy by the name of Brad Feathers, I think his first name is Brad. I know his last name is Feathers. It's a – what thirty footer, twenty five footer against us, and just, just like that. I mean, just is that like the snowball that started the avalanche, or was that the point? No, we were up two, and he hit that, and there was some time left, but it became desperation mode right away. I mean, we were only going to have one shot, and uh, one of our guys got fouled and missed the front end of a one and one, and I mean that was it. It was just like that. It was over. Do you ever think? Like, had you won that game, what could have happened on? Like, um, and do you also think that, like, had you not had you won that game, you might not have won state the next year? Just, I mean, there's no way of telling. There's no way of telling. But the competitor in me says, if we would have won that game, we could have won back to back state titles. (laughs) 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 That's what that's what I think. Um, But it definitely added fuel that summer. I remember working out all the time that summer with. Uh, Jess and and getting ready for the season and I mean it it definitely pushed us in the right direction 
So now you said like the district is always the goal um, going into your senior year. Now you, that was obviously the number that was like, it was tunnel vision. That was it, right? Absolutely. Um, we never, at least me, I never thought, I, I knew we were going to be really good, obviously, but it was never like, let's go in state. It was, let's go in district. Like, yeah. That was the goal. I, um, I was just thinking about this today, like literally about 30 minutes before you got here. And I was thinking they w- their goal was probably to win districts. And then like, you know, the stars aligned and you just happened to like you won districts and then Houston played right after that. So you, you know, about like a week before you probably found out that if you win this game, you could potentially play Houston. So you win that and then you're like, okay, well, now we have a potential rematch with the team we lost to last year. If we win that, we're going to be in the Elite Eight. So why not just go all the way? Right. Um, we won our district game against Ansonia. Played pretty well. Uh, the coaching staff made a great adjustment at halftime. Mm-hmm. We were down at halftime against Ansonia, and they got us into a half-court 1-3-1 uh, set, and Ansonia fell apart. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. And we won that game pretty handily. And then you're correct. It became, well, let's get our revenge against Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next three games, it was, well, Georgetown doesn't deserve to be here. Who are they? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just a chip on your shoulder kind of effect. And I like how you mentioned that because, like, Eastern, they kind of – they're always kind of making noise. Or, you know, they're always kind of hyped up pretty much every season. And – they go far, you know. The girls they've went to they went what three state state trips, mm-hmm. I three straight yes. state trips, um, and then like the boys, you know, they did that. And Georgetown kind of oh they'll get it, they might have a run here and there, but it's never kind of consistent. And then kind of out of nowhere, you think that's where it came from? Like teams have just always been going far, and then this team kind of comes out of the blue and they just win it all. Yeah, I mean. That new Knoxville team that we beat in regional finals was just so solid. Um, Harvest Prep was good. Berlin Highlands good every year. I mean, we were kind of just that unknown team. And I don't really understand why. I mean, I get that nobody knew of us. I understand that. Um, But I don't understand why people didn't think we were good because it's not like it was just a fluke that year. Mm -hmm. We were 22-2 and the year before. I mean, we we won 50 games in two years. Yep, It's It's a ton of basketball games to win kind of just always um, never given the benefit of the doubt that we were very good. So what was more satisfying, finally getting over that hump and winning districts or beating Houston, the team that you like you let slip away the year before? I would say the district game. Okay. I, even though the Houston game was really um, satisfying to get that revenge. But, you know, again, every year when district, when district, when district, so for – you know, Corey, Isaiah, and myself, and, and, you know, we had a few more seniors on that team, but, you know, us three had played since freshman year. Mm-hmm. That was that moment that we had been working for our whole high school career to yeah. finally win that game. It was it was, um, it was pretty cool. Now, um, you said uh, New Knoxville was pretty solid. They were number one team in the state. See, it's like every game has, a like, a, a real meaning to it because – like, okay, the district game, you've never won districts. Then you play the team that you lost to the previous year. Then you play number one team in the state, all right? 
Um, that's always bragging rights if you win. And then the team you play in the Final Four, you know, they're a powerhouse. They seem to always make it or go far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you beat another top five team. So it's like, um, you know, it's like really which which game do you love the most? I right. mean, obviously you're going to say State because, you know, that was – Coach and I, I'd stopped to see Coach on Friday when we were coming in. And, you know, to win state obviously just means so much. But looking back at it, I think I was more excited about regional, uh, beating New Knoxville, beating the number one team, and getting to state. I think that was the most satisfying win uh, to me. And I don't know why. I, I, I can tell you this much. I think it would be harder to lose a regional final game than it would be to win to lose a state final or state final four game. Mm-hmm. I believe that because, you know, if you lose in the final four, the state final, you lose, but at least you got there. At least you, you know, tasted the Columbus, you know, feeling of yeah. playing in front of the state crowd. But to lose in the regional final when you're so close, I, th- I think would be a lot worse. And I think that's why it felt maybe a little better. Okay. And, I mean, you might have had, like, throughout the year, you might have had, like, tough teams like Ripley. I remember the only games I went to were the first game. I don't know why, but I just – me and my mom and my brother randomly went to that game. Um, that was a close game. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to all the tournament games. But I noticed with New Knoxville, I mean, you guys were getting beat pretty handedly pretty much the whole game, right, up until, what, the fourth or late third quarter. Yeah. You know? um, but other games were kind of close, you know, like – Anasonia, they were up a little bit, and then you finally got them, you know, uh, Berlin Highland. Like, you were kind of close, but you were never down a lot. Yeah. New Knoxville, you were down, what, 13? Uh, we were down double digits. Yeah. Um, if you say 13, I believe. I know it was double digits. Uh, you know, you run back that New Knoxville game. Isaiah was in foul trouble the whole game. Mm-hmm. That, again, that matters. Yep. Uh, you know, I told you, takeaway point guard or post, but. Isaiah is a different kind of animal on the post. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just, he was just, uh, he was just really, really good. Um, so for him to be in foul trouble and us not have that kind of safety blanket down there, because even you know, even when we'd miss shots, he would get <laughs> three or four offensive rebounds, some possessions, and then take care of us down there. So to lose him, he eventually fouled out of that game, but to lose him, his minutes throughout the game. Uh, really changed the dynamic of what we had to do to win that basketball game. Didn't didn't Jess have a really good game that game because um, like he kind of had to like step in the role for Ike. Yeah, um, Jess had a lot of good games that year. Uh, he he had a good game that game. He he was kind of our spark at the beginning of the state game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had maybe six eight points the first quarter of the state game with couple big rebounds and a big block on the left-hand three-point side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was just kind of everybody stepping up their game of Isaiah's in foul trouble. We still have to win the basketball game to make sure that, you know, when Isaiah ultimately fouled out, I think even me and Corey took it more upon ourselves to make sure that wasn't your last game. Like, if, if we're not going to win this thing, you know, if we're not going to win state, we're going to make sure you're at least on the court with us the game we lose. And I think that kind of added a different uh, element to Corey and my, myself, especially amongst, you know, the other kids, the other players, that we wanted to go win that basketball game. 
was there ever a point in that game or Berlin Highland where you were kind of like, all right, this might be it? <laughs> I don't, I don't know because you know when you win as many games as we did, and you're right, we won a lot of close games that year. Um, you feel like you always have a fighter's chance. So even when it was, you know, our backs against the rope, we weren't down and out. So mm -hmm. you know, you never thought of, and maybe it was a good thing, or maybe we were just stubborn or whatever. But you never thought this is it. You kind of thought we're going to come back. That was the mentality. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, you would think that um, the state game would have been the hardest. You know, last game. It just kind of makes sense. But that was a fair – from my perspective as a, you know, someone in the seats watching, you guys were up the whole game, and then, like, they came back, and they went up, what, two or three? Two. In the third, yeah. yeah. And then after that, it was pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, it was a hard game. Um, again, our coaching staff did just such a good job that year um, of putting us in positions to win. But we played really well that game. Mm -hmm. I mean – that's another reason it, it looked, I wouldn't say easy, but it looked like we were in more control of that game than maybe others leading up to it. Definitely Berlin, Berlin Highland might have been our worst game of the season. I mean, can you imagine getting to the state final four and playing your worst game of the season? I mean, I believe that we did, but I believe we followed that with our best game of the season. Um, so it was, it was, you know, if you want to look at that game and how good Harvest Prep was, we were up, I think, six at halftime. I believe we were up six at halftime, and they went on a like an eight zero run within mm -hmm. thirty seconds. Yep. So I mean that team was loaded and full of good basketball players and good athletes. And their coach, uh, his name is Mike Thornton. He did a really good job with them. Um, but you know we answered the call there, and, and and you're right, we were in control a lot of that game. Mm -hmm. um, now I remember a long time ago you told me you still haven't watched the Berlin Highland game because you don't want to. Is that have you still not watched it? Or? I don't. I don't remember if I've ever watched. I, I definitely don't vividly remember watching it. And not that I'm like, not that it's a bad thing. I mean, we won, but it's. I don't think I would be entertained by. It. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you like still all these years. <laughs> you would still be like, why did I do this? Like, like what, you know, what are we doing. I mean, and you know, if you're that Berlin Highland team. I think you feel the same way, and not just because they lost. Obviously, that it's more to it, but they averaged like seventy-five points a game that mm -hmm. year and scored forty-one. And I mean, it was just a bad game for both of us. So I imagine if you're sitting there as a just a fan of basketball and you're watching those two state final four um, games, mm -hmm. you're thinking Harvest Prep's killing anybody that's coming yeah. out of this game, and I don't necessarily well, blame them. Did you watch the game, like the Harvest Prep game, before you guys went on? We watched maybe maybe the first quarter. Um, I know that I remember just thinking, like, this is taking forever, and it went into overtime before uh -huh. we could get on the court. But uh, I think, it, you know, Jimmy Young um, and, and Jarrett and Craig Kidwell and Underwood did a, such a good job of preparing us for games. We didn't necessarily have to watch it. They were going to have us prepared, and I think the main focus was we got to win this game anyway. Yeah. So I I, I don't I, maybe a quarter, but I don't really remember it to yeah, be honest. Um, I think it went into like double overtime. Yeah. And Holgate, in a weird way, I think they were kind of like you guys, but they just had a bunch of losses. Yeah. Like no one's heard of them, 
and and I think they led a lot of the game because I like uh, w- when you look it up on the uh, like state website, it'll show you pretty much everything you want to know. Yeah, I mean you, you've probably done it before, um, and if I remember correctly, Holgate was up for like. Uh, pretty much the whole game, and then Harvest Prep kind of kept coming back. But I think that would have been cool, seeing, like, two underdogs. Yeah. Like, actually, an underdog is actually going to win. It's not like, you know, you see in college, like Butler, they're, they get to the final two years in a row, but they're playing, you know, Dude. the powerhouse. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, but to be honest with you, Harvest Prep fit our style mm-hmm. better. We... <laughs> we were a gifted team. I mean, we just were, but we were more gifted on the offensive side than defensive side. Mm-hmm. And what Holgate did really well is they held the ball forever until they got a good shot. That's why Harvest Prep struggled with them because they just didn't make mistakes and they held the ball, held the ball, held the ball. And I don't know how well we would have done on the defensive side. I think we would have got frustrated. So, um, I mean, yeah, two underdogs would have been cool, but definitely – more of our style, it fit better to play Harvest Prep. Okay. And you mentioned that you were better on – as a team, you guys were better on offense than in defense. Now, from a – now that you're a coach and a player perspective, was it like a moral victory that you only held a team like Berlin Highland that average, you said average 75, you held them to like barely 40? Right. I think it was more of a just – I'm really glad we won that game because yeah. we just played so bad. I honestly think that we just finished that game and just forgot about it immediately because we're just like we Good. just we played so bad that we're just fortunate to still be playing. So, I mean, I, I guess you don't have to go into the details, but was it just like were you guys tired? Were you kind of like still on like cloud nine that all right you're in state and you know? I think the bright lights got to us. I really yeah. do. I, I I believe that. Um, you know, I don't remember feeling nervous, but you know, when you play at, we played at UD Oxford and then Ohio State. I'm trying to think where sectional sectionals. I was at Xavier the year before, but I think it was just at Loveland all three games, my senior year. I believe that's correct. And then yeah, UD Oxford, and then State. So Dayton. I like Dayton. I like the fact that state's at Dayton this year. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, now the town itself, obviously, Columbus is going to have a little more uh, glamour, but Dayton Arena is really cool to play in. Um, but the Schottenstein Center is a lot brighter. I mean, it just mm-hmm. is. So I think we were not necessarily overwhelmed. We were just like, well, we're there, and these lights are really bright, and <laughs> and we're playing really bad, and. Let's just get through this game and get to the next one. I, I love how you said bright lights because that makes me – I've always wanted to ask you, um, like going into school, like, um, you know, you're undefeated. That's never happened before, right, like in, in Georgetown? Like, um, okay. I think there was one in like the 60s that they finished the season Yeah, undefeated. So, uh, rarely ever are you rarely undefeated ever. going into the tournament. And then like, you know – you know you can make it to districts, you make it to districts. School, you're kind of just there. Everybody's, like, zoned in on the season. You know, the community's big. Like, did it change when you were literally staying in a hotel, right? Yeah. For, you know, for the state game and then the state semi. Like, is that kind of like the bright light you were talking about? 
Like th- there are so many accommodations yeah. to just playing these two games. I'm not claiming that I was a you know model student. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I was in class. You know, I was at school. I was doing what I was supposed to do, but I don't remember a single day of <laughs> of class that <laughs> those three weeks. I just because your mind is just so you know so many other places. So you know, realistically, I think getting to the hotel and being ready for games was almost even better for us because not that I get the school work's important. I'm not saying it's student athlete. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but for the that. You know, those three days, because we went up there, we played on Friday. I think we went up there on Wednesday. So we didn't go to school Wednesday or Thursday. And then school was canceled on Friday. Would that count as an absence for you guys? It did not. It was excused. The administration can excuse it, and they excused it for us. But um, I think it was beneficial for us just to be able to focus Mm -hmm. on basketball and not have to focus on schoolwork. Um, Now, leading up to like from when you beat New Knoxville to that Wednesday, you had to play on a college court, right? Or when, when did you start like practicing on a college court? Was that before districts? Um, and which college court did you use? If no, you can remember? we practiced at UC. Okay. Um, but I did not practice. I was still hurt. I, I didn't practice for two weeks. I just played in the game. From really? that um, that high ankle sprain I had. Okay. So that was against Summit in the sectional finals. Um, and I think Corey got in foul trouble. It was either Corey or Jess got in foul trouble. But I think it was Corey. And I remember talking to Dad afterwards and just because we only beat them 38-33. That was mm-hmm. a low scoring game too. Um, but it was it was different than Berlin Highland. Berlin Highland we just played bad. Summit I was hurt. Corey was in foul trouble. And I remember Dad just saying that, like, Isaiah just took over. Like, mm-hmm. he did everything to ensure that win. So, you know, realistically, looking back at it, hindsight, um, Isaiah made sure that Corey in my career wasn't over at yeah. sectional. So, we had to do – we had to pay back at regionals. Um, but we practiced at UC. Um, I don't know what connections we had to get there, but we practiced at UC. And I remember just sitting on the sideline thinking, you know, this kind of sucks. I, I can't practice on this college court and get ready because of this angle. So if you can remember, um, was it – did you guys actually practice or was it more of just a, a chance to kind of get a feel for a bigger size court? We practiced. Um, okay. You know, it's not just the big court that – and realistically, I think that even now, it's not necessarily because you're in shape with being in shape. I mean, either you are or you're not, but – um the the views of everything and um shooting the basketball with a different backdrop of stands opposed to a wall cuz high school basketball how many how many of high school basketball mm-hmm. gyms have you been in that have stands behind the basket very few very few and then you go to these college courts where there can be people back there or even if it's not people, it's a big open space that you're not used to. Um, so doing that was beneficial. And that was, again, that was before Dayton. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I remember it being a full practice. I remember going through it. Because, you know, once you get to that point, you don't want to change up a mm-hmm. lot. Everything you've done 
has got you to that point. So why change it if it's not broken? Don't it, fix yeah. it, kind of thing. So I'm pretty sure it was a full full go full practice. Um, now the night before each game, was it hard to like fall asleep because you were just thinking about the game, or were you guys kind of exhausted through the, um, like you know just through the whole day with doing everything? Yeah, just check and see if it's unlocked. I don't remember it being fall hard to fall asleep, so I'm sure it wasn't. Um, you kind of just got in your routine as an athlete and followed it and did what you needed to do um, to get your body ready. I mean, to get your body ready, get your mind ready, and getting sleep's an important part yeah. of both of those. So I don't remember it being, so I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it was just part of it. Okay, and I, I'm just curious. Like, in a situation like that, do the parents, like, do they – um, do they have like pay for their own hotel or you know? Yeah, the state, I believe the state covers the teams. Mm-hmm. Anybody else wants to come, they have to okay. on their bank on their own book. But none of our parents went with us because again, you want to keep it with what you got there. Your parents aren't a part of every practice, so why do they need to be start be a part of every meal or whatever? So we kept it very team oriented during the whole run. Um. Since I mentioned parents, like your dad, him coaching, your mom having coaching experience, was it more special that like, you know, seeing their kids, like, uh, and you what like be, doing that for a parent? You know, I mean, they could have won state somehow, some way, but just the fact that they get to watch their kids, you know, win state. Do you think that was like a kind of extra special feeling than opposed to a parent that? I don't want to say because I don't want it to sound like they're, a parent's not involved with a student, but like a parent that doesn't coach, they just come and support the kid. I don't know if it would be more special. I think they might understand it more, yeah. like how hard mm-hmm. it is to do um, as a coach or as an athlete. Because, you know, if my daughter ends up, you know, let's say she ends up being – Oh, our guy in the head. World-class like you're, actress. You're, you're, you're going to coach her to a state championship. <laughs> I mean, I'm just – I'm going to think it's just as special for her to be a world-class actress mm-hmm. as a world-class athlete or a world-class painter or whatever. You know, I, I think that you just – it's – you're proud of your kids for their accomplishments and, and what they are a part of that no matter what your background is, you're really happy for them. Okay. Um, now, what was your career high in high school? Hmm. Low 30s, 31, 32 maybe. Do you think the state final game was the best game you played? Uh, as an individual, it was definitely one of my better ones. Okay. Um, I I was fortunate enough as an individual uh, to end on a really high note. Um, and I just – it was one of those nights that a lot was going for me and it probably couldn't happen on a better stage. So I, I think it's cool because, like, you know, you had your game. Like, you had that – one big game in the tournament, state final. You know, I had it against Houston. Um, and then, like, you have, like, three main seniors. And didn't Corey hit, like, a really, really crucial shot either against New Knoxville or Berlin Highland kind of late in the game? Um, if he did it against Berlin Highland, I don't remember it. Again, we have thrown that game out. But Corey, and I will stand by this till the day I die, hit the biggest shot 
in Georgetown history against New Knoxville. Yeah. And it was after Isaiah fouled out. Was it down the corner? It was down in the yep. corner. I threw a pass to him, and he caught it in rhythm. On a, I mean, it was a fast break. I, I think the score was 47 to 50. I believe that's correct. Um, and, again, Isaiah had already fouled out. So the wind is kind of out of your sails a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Corey hit that three to tie it up. With I mean, there was still like three, four, five minutes left. But I, that shot was so big because it gave us life again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm talking that you know, we never gave up and, and we didn't. And I never thought loss was an option. But if you could pick a point in that tournament where we got knocked down, Isaiah Fallon out was, mm-hmm. that, was that to us. I mean, he was just such a big part of who we were. And Corey hitting that shot, and, and I hit big shots throughout my career, and Isaiah hit big shots, you know, Jess, Jared, Ryan. I'm, everybody who has been a big-time player has hit big shots. But Corey shot in the corner against New Knoxville to tie that ball game up. I don't care what else happened. It's the yeah. biggest shot that's ever happened in Georgetown yeah. history. That's what, I, that's what I like about Corey playing was, for the most part, like it was a three-headed monster, but for the most part it was – you and I kind of got all the attention because you guys did a lot of the scoring. Um, but Corey, he was like, he was like a bench player, but he started if that makes sense. Because I mean, he didn't. He he always he, he was so reliable. He was always rebounding, always in the right spot. If you needed a shot from him like that one, you could rely on him. Yeah, Corey was never a bench player ever. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't mean it like that. But no, he, yeah, but um, like I mean, he gives that relief. Yeah, in a way, he was. He was, you know. Again, I, you're right. Isaiah and I were louder as players because of our ability to score the basketball. But we don't win state without Corey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it, he's irreplaceable in what he can do. I mean, Smitty he was, said those exact words. He just, yeah. I mean, he just so so important. And as a coach now, it's even more vital. But as a player, I I still knew that because when things went bad, I, I knew I could look at Corey and we could figure it out. Um, and, you know, the the picks that had to be set in offense without, you know, getting all the glory for her, the rebounds, the outlets. I mean, Corey just did all of that. And Corey was also a very, very skilled um, passer. I mean, he, he, could, he could put us all in positions to score the basketball. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Corey, and, and again, he was not unfortunate. That's not the right word, but he played with two – players that scored a thousand plus points Corey had like seven eight hundred points or mm-hmm. something like that in high school career I mean it, it was a ridiculous amount of points for him to score and and you know I don't know what everybody else sees but I know that I'm thankful that I, he was on that team because he's a he's a huge part of why we won would a good assessment be that he was he, he did a lot to help the team that you don't see on the stat sheet yeah as loud as you know what I probably was at scoring Corey was as loud or louder as a, you know, as a enforcer, as a rebounder, as a passer, that those things just don't get as much glory as scoring. So um, as important as, you know, X, Y, Z is, whatever that X, Y, Z is, if Corey was the main one that did that on our court, it was crucial. Okay. Um, Now in the, um, what was the hardest game not in the tournament that you can remember. Uh, Blanchester had us beat at home late. 
they had us beat, beat, and we we found a way to win it. And at that point, we were, I don't know what it was, like 17-0, and there was some noise starting, like, this team's for like, real, for like real. Whispers. Um, and, you know, when when I was in the SPC, I don't know how it works anymore, but you played everybody twice. Mm-hmm. You had a small school and a big school, so you played your small school teams, then you played your big school teams, and you played small school teams again. So we beat everybody in the small school, beat everybody in the big school, and then we got everybody's best shot coming back through that small school division. Like, everybody wanted to make sure, like, we might not beat them in conference standings, but we're going to be the reason they have one loss. And I, from what I remember, Blanchester was that best shot. Corey, me, and Isaiah were all in foul. We all had four fouls going into the fourth quarter, and we were down to Blanchester. I mean, it was, it was as crucial as could be of us <laughs> surviving with that undefeated record. And – Again, like we did so many times, we just found a way to do it. But um, that I remember that game leaving thinking we probably shouldn't have won that game. We're probably lucky we won that game. Okay. Um, now, like uh, obviously when a team is winning, um, the env- like the team environment is really good. Things are going. The chemistry is great. And – Underwood being like, you know, the no BS stern person he is. Um, like, were practices still, like, I don't want to say laid back, but, like, <laughs> but, you know, were they still, like, yeah, we won this game by 20 and we're undefeated, but let's not get complacent, you know. Um, I, I, I would say that we probably didn't get in trouble as much at practice. But going back to what I said, you you wanted to keep everything the same. Like mm-hmm. you're winning because these practices, so don't start getting complacent and not win because you're not doing everything you should be doing in practice. So uh, practices were tough. They were competitive. I mean, the 10, 12 guys we had, it was a war at practice, which prepared us so much for what we did on the court on game nights. But Underwood didn't count us any slack, and he shouldn't have. I mean, for us to be our full potential, we had to keep on pushing. Um, did did it ever get tiring after you won state? Because I remember someone told me um, that it kind of ruined the mood throughout the school year because it seemed like every day or once a week you would hear on the over the intercom, "Will the state team please come to the you know?" And you had to do this and that and like. Uh, Pizza Hut was paying for your dinner. You had to go to the state house. You know, was it kind of exhausting? I mean, not, obviously, not, it's worth it. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know I it's loved it. Yeah, I know it's worth it. But I remember Jess and I, we used to go like uptown that that summer and would like go to McDonald's or something like that. And some somebody random would be like, "Hey, I I got this meal for him." And I remember like the first time it happened that we were at McDonald's or Gold Star, wherever we were. Somebody didn't pay for us. We were kind of like, <laughs> what was going on? Um, it, you know, and I get that we were getting a lot of attention. And oh, you guys rightfully were kings. so. I mean, we that team should have. We did something really, really tough. Um, but I remember a poll, and I, 
there's a, several reasons I remember this, but there was a poll going around, a student collective poll that was going to be submitted to administration that is the state team um, not ruining it. It wasn't the wording of it. I forget how the wording was, but like bothering or, or undercutting or whatever the collective student body's ability to focus. focus. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's insane. Like, they, they didn't understand how hard it was at what we just did. And it, it wasn't a one-year thing, right? It was a collective body of work from when we were in third, fourth, and fifth grade of working up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got a little, you know, glory with it, and, and rightfully so. Um, if, if somebody went to go win the national spelling, spelling bee from our school, I think that they deserve all the credit in the world and everything that comes with it. So it, it left that, you know, you want to talk about something that left a bad taste in my mouth. That did because I don't think people, you know, Everybody loved it when they got out of school on Friday mm-hmm. <laughs> to go up and watch our game. But then four or five weeks later when we're still getting recognition, well, let's get back to student life. Okay, well, once people don't want to recognize us anymore, that's fine. It's not like we're goofing off in class. We're still being good students. But um, if somebody wants to recognize us, I think that we have earned that right to be recognized. So that, you kind of answered my next question, but I'm, I'm, I'll still ask it. After winning, you know, you went out the best way possible. I, I specifically remember that next Monday, me and my dad went to pick Joey up from school, and you were in the parking lot on the phone. And I was thinking, like, he's pretty much, he's just showing up for school, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's a senior, he won state, you know, like, he's getting out. What Was it kind of, not exactly a drag, but was it like, um, you I, never I, woke up in a bad mood until you graduated? Well, I I don't I don't think you know I don't really remember a whole lot. Of, again, it's been 15 years ago. I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I remember at that point, you know, you <laughs> one thing I do remember is Jeff Hyde was the baseball coach mm-hmm. that year, and before our season started, he's like, "It's your senior year. You know, I, I need people to play baseball. Will you come back out?" He said, "Yeah, I'll." I'll do it. And our baseball team, um, I don't know if Smitty was on that game, that team or not, but we, record-wise, we were just not very good. Um, I think, like, my freshman year, the baseball team was over. I think they were 0-21. So, I mean, they were they were pretty bad. And I would not have made a lick of difference if I was on that team when it was still been 0-21. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I remember Jeff asking me, hey, will you play? Your senior year, you know, you'll be done with basketball, no AAU, we play. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I will. And then we go 28-0, and I'm like, Jeff, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't go from winning that much to not. Like, it just mentally, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that real well. But, I mean, as far as still went to class, still had to take finals, still had to do everything else. But, you know, by the time we were done, it was late March. You know, you have April, May. Then you're done with school. So at that point, you're deciding, you know, where you're going to go to college and seeing these people probably for the last time, a lot of them. So you're kind of just your mind, you know, switches to the next phase of your life at that point. So now you were getting college offers and like coaches were coming to see you throughout the season, correct? 
Uh, or, not as much me as you would okay. maybe believe. Well, were they coming more or were you were you getting more interest as the games in the tournament went on? Uh, yes, but I never got an extreme amount of interest. And I think one of the main reasons for that was the fact that I had a 15-pound brace on my right mm-hmm. leg. I think as a college coach – whether right, wrong, or indifferent, I think that kind of scares you because, um, you know, something I've learned, and you learn this as you go on, as much as, you know, we think, okay, there's there's one Jess Chadwell, right? He's really good, um, or one Jake Crop or whatever, like really, really good. There's realistically more Jess Chadwell and Jake Croppers out there. There just is. And, and you know, if you have five Jay Chadwells and you're trying to figure out which one you want to recruit, you have to not necessarily check which one does something better than the other, but which one doesn't do something that you don't like. And I think one of the big check marks I had was, well, he had ACL. You know, is he going to tear his ACL again and lose a whole season of um, eligibility? So I think that was one of the main reasons. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of, you know, D3s want me to uh, be a part of their program. But as far as scholarship players – you know, maybe maybe this is just me building up in my own mind, but I think that that brace really scared a lot of people away mm-hmm. from having the possibility of playing at that level. Okay. Um, you went to Marietta, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, this is kind of off topic, but I've been seeing, like, clips of Joe mm-hmm. Burrow not in his brace, and you have a brace. It Like, or you wore a brace, so you would know – is that safe for him to do, or is that just a basically a personal feel? It, it is safe, and the reason it's safe is, again, I tore my ACL 18 years ago. There's a lot of medicine advancement that's happened in 18 years. So, um, and you know, I I was fortunate enough. His name is uh, Denny Stanfield, and he's worked on some Reds and Bengals players. That's who did my surgery. So it's not like I just had some, you know, schmuck yeah. <laughs> did my ACL. Like I had top of the line. But in 18 years, so much has advanced that there's a reason that I had to wear a brace and people that tear the ACLs now do not have to wear braces. Okay. Now, you coach what, – what, what division do you coach? We just moved to two this year, Division two. So, were you one or were you three? We were three. Okay. Um, so, how is that – like, how is it different than, like, you know, coaching now with – has high school basketball changed, like, the style of play – you know, how rapidly the NBA has changed. Um, has it changed I don't since? know because I think one thing that's coming that is going to change the high school game completely is a shot clock. Um, the NFHS just approved it, um, which is the national for high school, National Federation High School. For so sports. every state's going to have? So every state can. Um, okay. But o- the OHSA hasn't adopted it yet. I think they will eventually, and I think that'll be the biggest change since maybe the three-point line being added. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the main thing that has changed since when we played is specialization is just so much more common. Like, your studs are still your studs. Like, they, they just are. But your role players are more skilled now because your role players back when we were in high school, played three different sports. Your role players now are playing and specializing in basketball or 
you know, baseball, volleyball, whatever. So I think that your studs are still your studs. Your top are still your top. And that that's always going to be that way because a lot of that has to do with just God-given natural ability. But the work that your second-tier players are putting a lot more into it than what they used to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest change that, you know, 15 years ago you could concentrate on two or three people to guard, but now you just got to guard everybody that comes off the bench. Okay. Um, I don't know how to ask this question without, like, making you kind of sound like a douche. But <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Do you ever, like, use – the you winning state to like motivate your kids. And I don't, I I don't mean like I won state. Y'all want to be like me? You know, I know you don't do that, but. Uh, First off, I do do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let let them know. hundred percent. I do that. Um, I, you know, I think that realistically, you know, if, if we didn't win state, right. If you didn't, me, Smitty and the boys, we didn't win state. How many people do you know? That one state outside of us. Zero. And I want to say something real quick. Whenever I see, and this is going to sound really bad, whenever I see a team go far, I hope they go far. But deep, deep, deep down in my heart, <laughs> I'm hoping, like, you better lose. You better <laughs> lose. Because, like, you know, um, like when Connor, when he became the double champ, no one cares that other fighters became a double champ. Right. He was the first one. You guys were the first one. I mean, so I guess they could win, right. but they weren't the first ones around here. Right. Um, I, I guess the reason that I say that is because if, if I talk about it with my players, and they're, they're going to be the same as me, you, and everybody else, that they probably don't know anybody. So if they personally know somebody who's done it, then in their mind maybe it can be more achievable like like not just this myth that well that's what people do but i i don't know anybody like if you know somebody who's done it personally then you can ask questions then you have something a little more to strive for and it becomes more of a realistic goal than just um well this is what people do so i think that's the main reason that i will talk about it with my players um just to let them know that and i I got some i got some kids on my team that are better than I was. I mean, they just, they just are. And, um, I, I think that if they know that I was able to achieve it, then that's a realistic goal that they can accomplish. Okay. And you mentioned your play, some of your players were better than you. Um, I can't remember how long, how long ago it was, but you said, um, that you had a really good freshman class. Yeah. Do you still have them, or have they graduated? They are seniors okay. this year. Are, are um, they pretty legit? They are. Um, there's two of them, Aubrey Spicer and Kim Kellogg, and they are as good as it comes. Um, I mean, they're good leaders, and they're good basketball players. They they play, and they work at it a lot more than I did. You know, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but this is on my belief. Like, the dumbest quote, and I tell people this openly, the dumbest quote in the world to me is – how it goes verbatim but it's like hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard okay like to cover what gap are we talking like like if I for the next three years say I'm going to dedicate every waking moment to basketball and LeBron James says for the next three years I'm not touching basketball in three years we meet for a one on one game he beats me <laughs> 10 to nothing like it, it doesn't like it just so I hate I hate that quote because it, it 
it sets an unrealistic um, goal. Now, I think it can cover gaps. Like if the if it's if you're doing talent one to ten, right, and this person's a seven, and they don't work hard, and the person that works hard is a five, maybe a four on the talent. Maybe it can cover that gap, but there's certain points where God-given talent just works hard. And I think I was a little more talented than what a lot of what my kids have, but they have outworked me. And I wasn't talented enough in the gap <laughs> to surpass okay. them. So I think they've passed me up in that because they're hard workers, um, specifically those two seniors. So, I mean, they've we were 1-22 we were when I first got there. The year before I got there, we were 1-22. I took over. Uh, we got to six and sixteen that year, won five more games, which was a lot for us that year. And then those two came the next year mm-hmm. and got us to thirteen and eleven. Wow! Their freshman year, and um, since then nineteen and five, eighteen and four. I mean, they're they're legit. They're the real deal. So they have high expectations this year, and and they should. I mean, you talk about needing senior leaders to get you to where where you want to be, those are those are the two to do it. And you mentioned earlier, like, the skilled players are more – or the role players are, like, more skilled and better nowadays. Do you have a lot of those? Like, a lot of really dependable role players? We do. Um, you know, we got a couple of juniors that are good. Um, we got some younger kids that are going to – because we graduated two seniors, both guards, um, and we're going to ask the younger kids to, to take some minutes as well. Um, so – you know, I think we got a chance to be really good this year. Um, D2 is loaded um, in the Southeast District, and it's real loaded in the, the state. That's where Purcell Marion is, who mm-hmm. has the second-ranked player in the nation. <laughs> Her name's D. Alexander. Didn't they just win state? Or yeah. They, okay. They yeah. won state in D3, mm-hmm. and they moved to D2. We moved to D2. The team that beat us moved to D2. I mean, every, everybody's in D2 right now. What's the girl's name? D. Alexander. D-E-E Alexander. Is she, like, uh, getting, like, major looks? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, she's, she'll go wherever she wants to go. Okay. I mean, she's the real deal. But um, as we know, you only got to beat them once. I mean, it's, hey, it's yeah. just that one night. So, <laughs> okay. um, so, but we got to get there first. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, I don't know how, like, the X's and O's of high school work, but do you expect to possibly be ranked sometime throughout the season or maybe, like, a uh, – like preseason poll? We were ranked last year um, in the D3. Uh, we were ranked in the preseason, and then we went in and out um, depending on what we were doing. Um, but, again, D2 is a little more loaded, so we'll see. Um, something I've learned throughout this whole process is rankings mean very little when you're on the court with the other team. I mean, it, it's not time to put up or shut up. So, yeah. realistically, you just take it one game at a time. Um go win that game and if if you get ranked throughout I mean great if not that's okay too we were we were never ranked <laughs> I mean for 28 games we were never ranked yeah and, and it worked out for us um d- on down the road like where do you see yourself like do you eventually want to coach college or do you just want to kind of see where this is going college is the dream eventually uh, now does it to. matter which one or do you just college in general I used to want to coach, like, a major D1. Like, that was the end goal. But having a child now and knowing the, the travel that D1 takes, I mean, you're, you're missing 
multiple nights at home. Um, that that's probably whether it's realistic or not for me to get there. I hope so. I hope I get to that level. But whether it's what I want anymore, I don't think so. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe in two years, my child acts too much like me and drives me crazy. And I, <laughs> I got to get out of the house. Um, but I I think that a college where yeah, you're going to have to travel in every college. I mean, even D3s, you have, you're taking multiple trips. But most D3s, even if you're getting home at 11 o'clock at night, you're getting home at night. Mm-hmm. So I think um, D3, D2, and AIA is where I eventually want to be. Um, but we'll see. We'll see as opportunities present themselves and, and what I want to do at that moment and what the family wants to do at that moment. But it doesn't matter, like, if it's men or women's. You just want to, like, the goal is to coach. Yeah, in the some. goal is to coach and Okay. Some aspect in college basketball. So are you a, like, teacher at the school or? I was. I was a teacher. Um, and then this year I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> so hey, right. so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. Meg, my wife, a very supporting wife, is is working. She's a nurse. Um, and we thought it was best for what we weren't able to find um, with babysitters and the fact that we live two and a half hours away from any relatives that mm-hmm. could watch Willow, um, that stay-at-home dad was the play. So that's yeah. – that's what. but, yes, I was teaching up to this point. Um, Where did you coach before? Didn't you, like, have, a, like, a one- or two-year stint somewhere? At Logan, Logan High School okay. in southeast Ohio, now, which is over in the Hawking Hills area. Okay, okay. Um, was, like, was that a good, like, starting, you know – It was – I mean, it was good because I got thrown into the fire. It was a lot, though. Um, it was a real political school, um, and it's a D1 school, and it's a school with very rich history, so they expect you to win you know, mm-hmm. right away, which we were fortunate enough to have two winning seasons there. Um, but the fit wasn't right at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I found a really, really good fit at New Lexington, like – the stars aligned for uh, for me to get there, and, and that's where I was supposed to be at that time. Where how how far have you got, regardless, like in the tournament? Uh, sex or districts? We've got the districts. Okay. Last two years, and then one year at Logan, we got the districts. And didn't you beat Eastern one year? We beat Eastern when I was at Logan, and was that like an extra special win? <laughs> it was for me because it's Easter, and I just, you know, it. I always say that, okay, I graduated high school 15 years ago. Eastern was a rival in high school. I don't care. And then you see Eastern, and you're like, God, I, <laughs> I hate Eastern. <laughs> and and I have a really good relationship with their uh, head coach now, Kevin Pickerel, and I know there's pl- some of their players that have come in, and, you know, I have friends from Eastern. I, I don't have a problem with – Eastern people, it's the fact that Eastern was our rival, and that's something that's just ingrained in yeah. you. Um, but we beat them when I was at Logan, and they w- they came to us. I and mean, the reason they came to us is because our home court was their regional site, so they wanted to get on the court. So Pick was wanting to get there, and, you know, again, I've known him for years, so we knew it was going to be a good game. And um, they went – they went – 21 and one. We were their only loss that year. And they went to state, I think final four. I think they got beat in the final four, but I know they went to state, whether it was final or final four, but 
they had us down, and they were sitting in this zone. They were sitting in a one-two-two zone, and their top kid. I can see her, her last name's Day. I can't remember her first name, but she was a stud. And she went to go play at uh, Loyola Chicago, I believe. She was like, D1 uh, player. The, the, the one, the Final Four one with the yeah with uh, the mother or Jean. whatever. Yeah, yeah. sister Jean. Sister that's Jean. It. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the one. She went. I believe she went there. And I, she, I mean, she was a stud through and through. She deserved to go there. And something I noticed on film with them is on their one, two, two, they had their two smaller guards at their elbow positions. She was up top and they had their two posts on the blocks, but their post never moved. Um, Day covered corner to top to corner. And, and that's a lot to cover. I mean, so the game plan going in there was, I don't care what kind of shot we take as long as it's good. And I'm still that way. Like if it's a good shot, it's a good shot whether it's first pass or last pass, you know, or the fifth pass. If it's a good shot, it's a good shot. So I'm shooting with confidence. But that particular game, I made a rule that we had to throw it to the left corner, back to the top, down to the right corner, back to the top, before we even started our offense. Because I wanted her to run those sprints. First half, they're beating us. Third, midway through third quarter, these shots from the top of the key and the corner start becoming a little more open because, I mean, she's just, she's gassed. And so we ended up hitting, I think it was 17 threes that game. And at one point we hit 12 in a row. I mean, even open shots <laughs> hitting 12 in a row is a lot. So everybody's like, well, that was great coaching, which I'll take. But at the same time, I'm like, Man, those kids were just shooting, yeah, <laughs> just shooting just, lights out. Just the way you like depicted that whole thing and like broke it down word for word, and like they're playing this zone. So, and then she does this, this, and this, and I'm like, damn, yeah, this dude like really loves his shit. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. You know, I, I feel like, you know, as a coach, you're asking them to give 100 percent effort, 100 percent of the time. And I don't think it's fair for me to ask them that if I'm not doing the same thing in return. So I, you know, I have to scout. It's what I have to do. I have to put everything I am into practice every game, be, every every night. Because if I'm asking them to do that, I have to do the same thing in return. And if I don't, it's not fair for me to ask that for them. So that's a really good philosophy. And I man. also remember that because it was Eastern. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's another reason I remember that. But I remember that game. They were good. I mean, they they made state that year and. Again, I wish I could remember her first name. Um, her last name's Day, D-A-Y. But she was, I mean, she just got tired. And, I mean, she was still there, but she wasn't there quite as quick as she was in the first half. And we got some open looks and more credit to their girls than I could ever take. They knocked down the open shots that night. Um, so have you already, like, scheduled your – got your schedule ready for mm -hmm. the um, – you don't have to go in great detail, but, like, what's that – What's the process of that? Like, are you reaching out? Is it the athletic director? Um, and how do you choose? I mean, obviously you have the teams in the league, but how do yeah. you choose, like? We play 16 league games, so we only get six non-league games. So we actually don't have to do a whole lot. Um, but our well, – he's our past athletic director now. His name was Anthony Stevens. He was very um, beneficial to us on letting us find our own teams. On And sometimes they reach out, and sometimes I'll reach out to them. But – you kind of got to figure out what your team needs. You know, do you need a couple games to get your feet under you at the beginning mm -hmm. of the season um, before you start the grind? Or is your team going to be pretty good? So you need to, you know, 
come out of the gate facing somebody who's the real deal right away. And um, Anthony gave us that ability to do that. And so, you know, every year we just do that. We get our games together and, and whatnot. And this year we're, uh, we're coming out with a couple really, really good teams right away. The first team we play um, is a team around us, but um, their point guard is going to Bowling Green State. I mean, okay. she's a D1 player. She's she's legit, um, and uh, the next game, the night after, we're playing Canton Glen Oak, which is a D one team out of the Northeast region, and I mean they're they're the real deal. I mean they've they've made state runs numerous times, so we're hitting the ground running. And um, you know, <laughs> realistically, again, Aubrey and Kim, and our our two juniors that have played a lot, their names Trinity and Abby. They'll they'll understand it, but. We're going to depend on no matter who we depend on after that. You know, we have um, freshmen through juniors that have not played big varsity minutes. Mm-hmm. They're going to that night. <laughs> Whoever it ends up being, they're going to play those varsity minutes that night, and uh, it'll be good for them because you can't wait until district final to play the play the biggest game of of your mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's it, it's too overwhelming at that point. So. We play tough teams early and often, and, and we hope that prepares us for what we're going to do. Uh, now, when after this season, y- your two good players are gone, um, will you kind of be like rebuilding, or will you just kind of not as skilled, or is it kind of like you're just reloading like a factory? Not, well, I mean, it's it's different for us because you know we're we're a lot like Georgetown. You know, every every year you're not going to have a Brian Grant. <laughs> yeah, you know, as far as Georgetown's been around, you know, we've been around what 110, 120 years mm-hmm. playing basketball, and we've been fortunate enough to have one Brian Grant. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just you, you just small schools. You don't have D one athletes year in and year out. You just don't. So replacing Kim and Aubrey, and again, that's you know a little while down the road, but is impossible to do just because of what they meant to this program, both as people and as players. But we're in a pretty good position. We got some juniors that are really good. We have an incoming freshman class that's really good. Um, You know, and as we've started to win and and build that community hype, a lot of the younger kids are starting to get more involved and coming to games and coming to the camps. And so it's been really cool. It's it's one of those things that the more you build it, the more people want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely catching on. And, and again, I'm lucky enough to have great high school kids that – are adamant that they want the younger kids to feel a part of the program. And that's something that we preach is everybody's just as important as everybody else from, you know, your top score down to the third grade kid that's just picking up a basketball for the first time. Mm -hmm. If you're a part of our program, you're a part of it and just as important as anybody else. And I can say that all, all that I want, but if you don't have, you know, your varsity players who are the face of your team, the face of your program, if you don't have those kids, um, really buy into that and, and go do it, then it doesn't matter. And, and I have kids that go and do it, and it's it's pretty special. So I love how you, like, compared it to Georgetown because I was just telling Smitty last week, I said, um, and if you think about it, Georgetown, from a league perspective, they are kind of a factory. You know, when has Georgetown been bad for more than two years? Yeah. You know, in, 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 like, the last 20, 25 years, when have they been bad, you know? Like um, uh, C. Schultz, 
you know, he graduates and then you and Ike and Corey come in, all right? Now, you guys might have been bad, but you were still good. And then after you graduate, you know, you had a stellar year. You kind of, like, we kind of went down, but we were still good, still, like, in league running. And then, like, four years after, kind of bad. And then Jake comes in in his class, and it gets better. And then I remember after he graduated, they were so bad. That's not a knock on that class, but they were so bad. And then I think the very next year, they were somehow they made, like, the sectional finals, you know. And for – I know sectionals now is kind of like it all depends on the seeding, right? And, like, you could yep. get a bye and then win one game and you're in the sectional finals or two. But for a team that only won one, two games the year before, that's pretty impressive to get to the sectional finals. And then Noah came in. They were good, you know. So, and obviously this past year. Um, so, I just – I was wondering if you kind of thought that too. Like, Georgetown kind of – not exactly reloading, but it's never like – all right, this person's gone. We don't have anybody up for the next two, three years, so it's going to be a long process until we're good again. Yeah. Um, you know, even before C. Schultz, it was Jarrett. Jarrett graduated in 98. And Brandon, Brian's younger brother, who if you want to pick anybody that was close to what Brian was, Brandon was that just, what, eight inches shorter? <laughs> I mean, Brandon was – Brandon was like – you know, as a kid, yeah, you watch TV, but when you go to high school games, those are your favorite players. Like, Brandon was my first favorite. I, I remember, like, just sitting, just being in awe of what Brandon can do. And I can tell you safely now, if I was to see somebody as skilled as what Brandon was, I would still be in awe. I mean, he was just – he was so good. Um, but after Brandon was Jarrett and then C. Schultz and then um, – my class was coming through, and Jess and, and your guys, we were coming through, and then Jake Cropper. Um, so it, you're right; it's it's been a lot. Um, but I don't know it, it. The the thing that we did at state, you know, and again, the goal was always districts. It's always mm-hmm. districts. Um, we never going into. Even after my junior year, when we were twenty-two and two, to my senior year, there was never a buzz that was like, "This team's going to win state." It was never, it was never that. And since '07, how many teams, according to the community, according to the community, did we have that are going to be the next state champs? Right, like, you know. Jess, when he was going through, he was going to win one more, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cropper and his crew. They thought they, they were, were the cavalry. And, and this team, uh, and I don't, you know, and I'm not around Georgetown as much, and I don't follow it as much as I should, but I don't really remember a lot of people talking about this, this past team. Did they? I mean, was there a, well, a huge buzz about this 2022 team? Not really, because – there were two players from the twenty that graduated in twenty twenty one that were very athletic, and I, I like so if you put them with this team, you would think that they would have done good. Yeah, but I mean I don't know if like in no way do I want to diss them or downplay what they did, but like was D three down because I mean like going from D three to D four you can vouch for this or you, um, like it's astronomically different. 
Yeah. D three Cincinnati is one of the best districts in the state. I mean, like look at Western Brown. How many times have they had a really great season and then possibly went undefeated and then I know they're division one or two and then they just get smoked. Yeah. You know. And it's just it's a different level. But like um Ripley was really good my junior year. I mean, they were killing teams. Um and like they I think that was the year before. But like then they get to like they play the city and they got smoked by like fifteen twenty. Yeah, it's it's D three Cincinnati's different level. But I guess my point to that was we created a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That never took place before that. that and it'll that, never end. <laughs> that a team is good enough to win state, which is it's cool. Like it's it's really cool that we've created this conversation. And I don't want anybody to ever think that I don't think that because what we did was special and and it's it's cool that it's still to this day, you can run into people talking about it. But I feel like sometimes it overshadows what teams are now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't appreciate what they were or are or whatever. Like, this 2022 team made regional finals, mm-hmm. right? Regional finals? Yeah. We're the only other team that's ever done that, right? And and you see on Facebook, well, this team's like the 07 team because – Da, da, da. just let this team be this team, mm-hmm. right? Let let the 2022 team be who they are. Let them be the district champions. Let them be the team that took, I think, Taft won, right? Taft yeah. won state that mm-hmm. took Taft to the fourth quarter. I mean, they were, they were battling. So, you know, it's – and even the year after um, we graduated in 07, it was talking like, well, we're going back-to-back, which if we did – Cool, like that's awesome, but let's not spoil everybody else's accomplishment based on not winning state because that's such an unrealistic, <laughs> such an unrealistic yeah. expectation that there have been really good players. And I remember having this conversation with uh, Jake Cropper, Gage Bradley, and Jake Miller that because they were they were maybe maybe even more so than Jess they were the next class because there was three people that were going to be, you know, kind of leading that class. Mm-hmm. I remember telling them, like, whether you're feeling pressure for it or not, I don't know. You know, I don't think I would feel pressure, but maybe I would. I've never been in that situation because I remember people when I was in high school called me the next Ryan Seashields. And mm-hmm. Ryan and I are, I mean, we're like brothers. He was in my wedding. And I've told him all the time, like, I wasn't the next Ryan Seashields. You First, Jay Chadwell. That's just the way it was. <laughs> but um, I just, I said, whether you guys are feeling pressure or not, don't, don't let people, you know, defeat you based on what you did or did not accomplish. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy what you're doing. And I think as athletes, it's easier to do that than the outside world that sees, okay, Georgetown won state. They're going to do it again. Maybe we will, and I hope we do. But it, if we do it, know that that team is really, really good, and it was really hard for them to accomplish that. A, a team that symbolizes what you just said was uh, the 2013 team. You know, they won – I think that was the first year they did, like, the 22 games, and mm-hmm. then um, the SBC, they do, like, a national and American play together, whoever wins. And they only – they lost to Eastern. Was that was that Crop's senior year? No, that – Tom Cropper senior year. Okay. So it was like Jake's junior. But um 
you know, like you're saying, don't like don't take away just because we won state and we did all this. Don't take away from what they did. Well, they won their league. You know, they beat Eastern, which we hadn't beat Eastern for like a long time. Um, and then, uh, and I think Eastern was their only loss. Beside, they lost to Eastern and Amelia, and Amelia was the American team. And then they lost on a buzzer beater to uh, I think it was Purcell Marion. Yeah. So. I think I, I really like how you said that. But yeah, it was like a prayer, wasn't it? I do remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I'm talking about. You can, like in D3, like D4, you can go undefeated. And like you're probably going to make some noise, maybe get to at least districts. But D3, I mean, you got to be like loaded and like undefeated and loaded because, I mean, Purcell Marion, they could have had like eight losses, but they're playing good competition like Walnut Hills. Um, another, uh, how, what's the, what's the team that, uh, Houston lost to Lachlan Lachlan, you know, they're playing like these schools that get good competition and they're in leagues with division one schools. So they might have eight losses, but those eight losses were against good teams. I would say the main difference between D3 and D4, and you can go on down the line is it's almost like a game earlier. You're going to play somebody really good, Right. Like, it was not a cakewalk in D4. And I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm like. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to downsize what you guys did. So, like, where our first heart, and again, our sectional semi game was against Cincinnati Christian. That game was 68-61. I mean, they weren't pushovers at all. So, it's like, maybe if you're in D3, you play Cincinnati Christian a game earlier. Mm -hmm. Then you play, like, if we played them in sectional semi, maybe in D3 you play them in the first game of sectional or instead of playing new Knoxville and regional final, you play them in regional semi. That's, that's what I feel like happened. I think the level of competition now, again, my sophomore year when OJ Mayo was, was like every, everything. Yeah, yeah. You were going to lose them no matter what. But um, I think that's the main difference is your games get harder sooner, but not necessarily harder overall if that makes okay, sense yeah. um a couple yeah. things and i gotta wrap it up um so you what like obviously when you watch a game you're you're watching it probably from a coaching perspective um uh this kid that georgetown has he's gonna be a senior what's your opinion on him uh the miles kid yeah he's he's the deal i mean he's uh he's athletic as can be i mean he's He's dunking it like it's – oh, yeah. He's not very tall, is he? No, I, I think he's only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, so – No. No, he's, he's got uh, – everybody's he, got he, long hair yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the style. Yeah, you, you'll know. Like, if you watch him, you'll know. Um, I think he's like number 9 or 10, something like that. But, I mean, he, he can pretty much do it all. And he, he's just a super – like, he, he's really quick. It's unbelievable how quick he is. That's what I've I been, noticed from I've him. I've been told he's better at soccer. And told he's a really good soccer player too, which I like athletes when you know and whatever. Again, today's age, specialization's all there is. But I, I believe that if you want to go to the next level, and this is just my opinion, and I've shared this with several people because a lot of people um, where I'm from are three sport athlete, and mm-hmm. if if you don't have any aspirations to play in college and you want to be a three-sport athlete, that's fine. But yeah. if you want to play in college and you want to be a three-sport athlete, be ready to, like, just 
commit your high school career mm-hmm. to sports because you like to get to that level or be a freak athlete. <laughs> which yeah. is, again, what I was saying earlier about the hard work and talent. Um, but I think that it's more achievable to be a two sport athlete and specialize in one. Mm-hmm. And um, I like when my athletes, especially when I was at St. Ursula, I was the assistant there at, uh, for one year um, in Cincinnati. And it's a D1, and like it's in the same conference as Mountain Air Dame. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the deal for girls basketball in, in Cincinnati. And I liked the athletes that came from soccer more than volleyball or cross country. And cross country, it seemed like they were really good in shape. And then volleyball, their footwork was maybe a little bit better. But soccer was like that that child of both. I mean, they, mm-hmm. kids in soccer just have such good footwork that you could work with. And they're in extremely good shape coming in. So, um, you know, I've heard this Miles kid is, is good at – I've seen him be good at basketball, but I've heard he's good at soccer as well. So, I mean – which one he wants to do. I mean, he's yeah. ultimately got to come to that decision. I'm sure he'll have an opportunity for both, but I, you know, I've heard nothing but good things about, about yeah. him. Um, he's, he's definitely the real deal. Um, I think he has like almost a thousand. So I'm hoping that he beats Jake's record. <laughs> just, <laughs> just out of spite. Just out of spite. I, I don't know it. I don't <laughs> but know what it's Jake's number is. I, it's like 16. Is it 16? It, it's 15 or 16. But I think Jess got to 15. So maybe Jake is 16. Of course, Jake had, more games. Uh, he's, he's he's the product he's gonna of that, and he's he's gonna hate that. I've told him that straight <laughs> up. Like you, you got two more games. That's eight more games. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Let's say you know, as a freshman, you don't average as much senior, right? But let's say throughout your four years and those two extra games, you average ten. It's eighty more points. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of points throughout your whole career. Yeah. No, Jake. Jake knows how good he is, but yeah, it doesn't mean I can't say that about him. So, um, with this team, in, like, hypothetical, if the state team were to play them, what do you think? Because, and this might be controversial to say, I think that this team, like, 22, might be a little more athletic than you guys. They are definitely more athletic. Okay, okay. all right, I I didn't. Like, now, now playing the game... You guys probably had better chemistry, and they had good chemistry, but I was really impressed at how athletic. You're talking about the 2022 team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, and and you can say this against, and again, this is the competitor in me. You know, you can match this up against, you know, Cropper senior year or C. Schultz's senior year, Jarrett's senior year, because um, Jarrett had, uh, I'm sure you guys know Toby Cowell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a stud too. I mean, Jarrett had some kids to play with. And it's funny that, like, Jarrett, Ryan and me all missed playing with each other by one year. Like, Jarrett graduated and Ryan was a freshman the next year. Ryan yeah. graduated and I was a freshman yeah. the next year. We've always talked about that. But um, the competitor in me says we were going to beat everybody. But something that we did, and Smitty can attest to this, that year, no matter how bad things got in particular games, we always found a way to do it. And And – I think that some teams in Georgetown have been more talented than us. Mm-hmm. I know teams in Georgetown have been more talented than us. But I don't know if it was just that, that DNA that we had that was ingrained in us. I mean, when we were young, 
specifically me, Corey, and Isaiah, and then Jess, because of who dad is, we, <laughs> we used to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning on Sundays to go play a 7 o'clock game in Cincinnati against teams that would eventually become, you know, LaSalle and Moeller. Like, that's mm-hmm. who we were playing in third, fourth, fifth grade. So that was the level of competition that we understood, which I think, you know, ultimately gave us this DNA of not backing down to anybody that we took well into high school. Because, you know, if if for the first time that we see a team like that is regional finals against number one New Knoxville, maybe we fold. Maybe we're not ready for the level of competition mm-hmm. of what that is because we've never seen it before. But we had seen it for 10 years. I mean, it, it – it was just another game for us. Um, we understood the dynamics and how important it was. I'm not saying that. We and we appreciate that. But when the ball went up, it was the game that we've played for 10 years against the kids that we've been playing for 10 years. So was there more talented teams? And is this 2022 team more talented than us? I mean, you can pick it apart as much as you want to. Mm-hmm. And I could agree with different points that you or anybody else could make. But something that I – and very privileged to be a part of the team that we had and, and that I think made us that special team to me was we always found a way to do it. Mm-hmm. We just, no matter what it was, foul trouble, injuries, anything in between, we always found a way to do it. And I think that's what make us you know, a, little, a little more special in my mind. Okay. Um, two last questions. I just have to ask, do you um, – who is the greatest – for Georgetown, in your opinion, Brian. Okay, Brian. I mean, okay. it's, and you know, Brian's the only one that's been a full ride D one. Well, if you're talking guys, it's Brian. Kelly Benatendi was yeah. good, um, and she did without what a three pointer. Yeah, and she shot a helicopter ball. Yeah, you know when when you, when you see a majority of people shoot, they do that follow through, and it has that backspin. She shot like that. It spun this way, which you don't get as friendly as bounces. So hers were going straight in. So, I mean, she played at Michigan. I mean, mm-hmm. she was the real deal. But, you know, Brian was a draft pick, I mean, a lottery pick. Um, so I would put Brian there, um, other people in the conversation, you know. And there's people before Brian that I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Brian, since 90, you know, you got Brandon, Jarrett, Ryan was really good. Jess was really good. Corey and Isaiah were really good. Um, Cropper, is, you know, as much as that guy, he's a punk, whatever. But oh, he'll he'll beg me like randomly, he'll be like, "Am I your number one?" <laughs> <laughs> he's he should be in that car and is in that conversation. I mean, we've had some real talent come mm-hmm. through, but if you're saying you got one player to build your team around in their prime. In high school prime, not necessarily, you know, what Brian did in the NBA, but in high school prime, I don't see any way of anybody convincing me other than Brian being that big. Okay. Um, now, who do you think the best team is? 07. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's got to be. <laughs> I, 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 who I, else I know. did it? I, yeah. <laughs> I figured you would be biased on that, but um, okay. Um, is there anything else you want to, like, get out that – no, um, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I yeah, oh, I've been listening. Did, did the school really, was the students really kind of fun? Yeah, that's, that's a that's a true that's story. A real thing. That's yeah. What, I didn't what, make that what up. happened? The 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 is the state team 
receiving too much recognition and how they said it, but it was like ruining the flow of being a student. Yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, I, I mean, there, there were probably some teachers that like were kind of focused in to like the state team and they were like, I'm not saying like, I don't want to say anything that like they did something illegal, but they were probably just like, you guys are good. You know, like you're cool. Yeah. I don't, uh, I'm, like I, I don't think like maybe making it wasn't a grade. everybody, but I don't ever remember getting a break on anybody. I mean, the the work that we missed when we went up to that hotel um, at state. And I, were we there? Did we leave Wednesday? Were we up there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Yeah, we got there too early. I thought so too. I didn't think it was too. I didn't think it was that early, but I thought we left like during school on Wednesday. And practiced up there Wednesday. Practiced up there Thursday. But when we got back, there was work that mm-hmm. teachers had for us. I mean, it just, we were still students. And, like, I don't know. You could go on a – I could go on a tangent about that as well. But I just – I don't think people understood. And, and, again, maybe still don't with people saying, well, this is the next state team. Well, hopefully it is. But I don't mm-hmm. think people understand how hard it is. And even our student, and maybe – I don't know. Maybe they were just tired of – Maybe they were in the zone <laughs> on that math test, and yeah. it comes on that we have to go to the it office and we get them out. Of the <laughs> it was a lot. Like, <laughs> it was a lot. I, I remember Ben telling me he was like, "It kind of ruined because like you just heard it every day. Like, will the state team please report to the cafeteria?" It never ruined it for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like so. clapping on my way out. Let's go, another free meal. I'm in. Um, before we get out of here, I was contemplating not doing this, but I have to. For the record, can you tell me how we became friends? It's going to hurt my feelings. It's really going to hurt my feelings Man, if you say because of Jake. Because it's not. Because he was like, you know you're only friends with him because of me. I, for that's not Jake's true. ego, I'm going to say that's not true. But All right. I, what I remember is how big of a supporter you were mm-hmm. throughout this. I mean, there was – like, and even – Today, you'll send me, like, text messages of, like, hey, you won regional <laughs> 15 years ago. I'm like, I just thought this was kind of a random Tuesday, but that's, that's sweet. So, like, yeah. whenever I send that, I'm like, all right, am I kissing his ass? <laughs> or am I just being, like, a I good person? It. Yeah, It's like getting called out to the office all over again. Yeah. <laughs> just gassing now, me up. Because um, I was trying to get Jake on here, and then I told him I was, like, I want to have Jay on. He was like, man, you're only friends with Jay because of me. You've never hung out with him, like, without me, which is not true. Not true. That's not true. We, um, Jess showed up at a party one time, and then you and uh, Logan and Calvin were there, and I think that's how, like, it got, you know, came to fruition. So, Well, that's back in the day. But for the record, I'm, I want this for the record. If I was at a party in high school, never drink. Never drank a drop in high school, ever. <laughs> I never did. And um, I, I think, and again, I don't think kids do it as often now as what I originally thought, but I don't think kids can because social media is such a oh, yeah. crazy thing. Mm-hmm. that, Like in a lot of these schools, and rightfully so, because, I mean, high school kids, they can make a lot of bad decisions without any kind of influence. And, they put that, and it, I mean, it's 
a lot of dangerous situations can happen. But I, so schools should have this no tolerance. Um, but I, I just like thinking back at 15 years ago, like if I thought, okay, I wanted to go to a party, like if I wanted to do that, I would be like, uh, it, it'll be okay. Like nobody will know, blah, blah, blah. You couldn't do that now. Oh, there, yeah. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there is a way, then you are around a bunch of people that you trust and that are doing the right, like doing right by you. Not that you're in the right situation, but doing right by you. But uh, again, I think athletes today are also more focused than what they yep. were a long time ago. I got kids that I just trust. Like I trust them to make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, very rarely have I ever been let down in that aspect. So. Um, but I want to throw that out for the record because you said you said party, so I, I don't want one of my kids to listen to that and think, oh, well, yeah. he used to go to all these parties. I did not. No, 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 I no, was no. Not. no, it was. But uh, I, I believe that I believe that I, I will believe anything that you say that says Jake Cropper's not the reason that this friendship happened. Okay, I, I will thank you. And say that. So yeah, because <laughs> I've tried to get him on here and he just kind of doesn't take it serious. And I actually have some good questions for him, but. I don't know. Anytime I can diss him, I'm I'm satisfied. If you asked he's him my least favorite number, cropper. <laughs> if you asked least him favorite. what his number one, who his number one athlete from Georgetown would be, who do you think he would say? Okay. You you said based off Jake's ego, he would make an argument for him. Yeah. But ultimately he would probably say, like young, I, I think it's you, because I go from the perspective of I'm not saying it because you're here. I go from the perspective of playing at Georgetown yeah. because I don't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Brian, didn't he have like growing pains or something like that? He didn't play every, all four years or did he? Um, Th- that's a story I've know, always heard. I don't know if he played his junior year. Now I'm thinking about that. He definitely played his senior year. Um, but I mean, I remember talking to him one time and you know, he's in, and oh. Brian was, Better not say Brian that. was so like such a good role model mm-hmm. um, because he made you believe that you could accomplish the things that he could accomplish. And Brian is, again, one in – what is it to get to the NBA? The lottery like five times, like one in a billion. Yeah. Brian is, is special. But he made you believe that you could. But I remember, I remember one conversation I was having, and I was younger. I was maybe in junior high, and he was asking if I was, like, growing. And I was probably saying I hope so or something. But um, he was saying that – when he was like in cross country, his eighth grader freshman year, he had these like, I, I, this is not going to be the right terminology, but like growing gaps that were like, like his growth bones were still open. Whereas, was it like he was growing too fast? Like, no, not growing too fast, but he was getting ready to shoot up. Like he was, like what is he six nine? Right, is what yeah. he's listed at NBA. He wasn't six nine as a eighth grader freshman. Mm-hmm. Like he shot up quick. So. Lucky. I, I think yeah, I think I think it would be tough. You put me at six six, happiest person in the world. You put me at six foot, I'm happiest person <laughs> in the world. Um I think that's it. But uh I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Another thing I want to say, now with like Smitty and like Tom, it's easy to talk to them because I talk to them a lot. But you have made this conversation really, really easy just with little tiny words you say that will, like, lead me into the next question. Like when you said uh, you were talking about the bright lights got to us, that led me to the next question. Then you compared Georgetown to the team you're at. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this guy's literally making it easy. 
I, yeah, so I just I, I really appreciate that. When I was going through my broadcasting, um, getting my degree at NKU, and we had to interview, you know, different people, different athletes or whatever, I hated one-word answers. <laughs> like, you're not giving me anything. Like, I'll ask an open-ended question, and they'll say yes or no. So I've made a very – and, again, as a coach, you get interviewed, you know, quite often by the local papers. So I've tried to give enough that people can get sound bites and quotes from it. So I, I guess I'm growing in that aspect as well. Okay, cool. All right. Appreciate it.